Okay, welcome to the Average Joe Theology Show, where two normal, everyday, pew-sitting church folk get together <laughs> in their church basement and talk about biblical topics. So, I'm Levi Sanders. I'm Hunter Harrison. And this is episode three. Oh, yeah. So, what have you been up to, Hunter? Dude, working, 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 working. They offered overtime you. this week, and so I was like, might as well. I ain't got nothing else going on. Oh, yeah. So, I've been pulling these six to fives all week. But honestly, man, um, it's been it's been a... A, a blessing for several reasons. One, obviously, more dinero, so that's yeah. always a good thing. Um, but two, I've had several opportunities to to witness and to like share my faith and 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 honestly dive into topics that are like a little deeper than just sharing the gospel. Because um, I don't even I think it it got started because we were talking about how crazy the world is and. Um, it was it was me and this other guy, and I basically I just kind of just offhand I'll say this on occasion I'm like man, this kind of stuff ain't gonna end until Jesus comes back. Yeah. And then he was like, he he basically he was like, well, what what is that gonna look like? And I was like, well, here's what the Bible says about it. He said, take a seat, son. And he was like, and he was like, so basically we're gonna know when he's back. And I was like, yeah, you're you're probably yeah, gonna there's know. not gonna be you're any gonna, question. You're gonna you're gonna know he's here. Um, and then we just started going on and on, and then he he said something about. Um, choosing whether to believe in God or not, and I was like, "Brother, I, I don't think that the Bible teaches that." I said, I, "I think faith comes from God giving it to us. He softens our heart to to be receptive to Him." Um, and then that went down a rabbit hole, and then and then I kind of I tried to explain it to him as best as I could, and then I I tried to to backpedal just a little bit, not because I didn't, I just didn't want to confuse him necessarily, right, but I was yeah. I was also like. The key here, though, is is to you have to believe in Jesus. And, and I laid out the gospel, and I was like, that is the key issue. I said, if you can't accept that, the whole rest of the book is just meaningless to you because yeah. that that's the key. Um, and then there was another girl that was listening in, and she was hearing everything I was saying. And then find, I think I, I kind of already knew, known that she was, she was a Christian, um, and then she kind of chimed in. And she was basically like disagreeing with me, and <laughs> it started like a little debate between us. And she was like, "Do you listen to John Piper?" And I was like, "I do." I was like, "Do you listen to John Piper?" And she said, "No." And I was like, well, "You, you should, you should. He's he's very beneficial." Um, and then I had I had this other I had another girl chime in, and she was saying, "She or she, one girl had said something about the Bible, and this kind of talks about what we're we're going to get into here today." Um, she said something about how, like, we know these things from Scripture, so on and so forth. No, what? And then another girl. What you were talking about? This or is she what, was disagreeing. This is she was just saying. She we were talking about how we I guess interpret the Scripture differently, and like ultimately, like we need we need to read it, we need to understand what it says. And then another girl chimed in, and she's like, "Oh, we can't really know what it says. You know, it it's been translated so many different times. Why even try, right? It was written by humans, and like, yeah. there's so many errors. And I'm like, no. I was like, no, that's <laughs> not that's not it at all. And so that I I was like, listen, the word of God is infallible, inerrant. It was divinely inspired. If God's hand is on it, there's not going to be error in this book. Um, but so I've had I've had multiple opportunities." Um, I gave I gave him a Gospel of John. He Sweet. said he was going to read it, um, and I based on based on what he has told me that I I, th I would say that he does believe that there is a God, but I don't necessarily know 
you know, how he feels about, you know, Jesus and being a sinner and all that other stuff. But he was very receptive and it was very encouraging and sweet. It, it's been a sounds been a, good. It's been an awesome week. So yeah, it's been a good time. What have you been up to? Just working. Same Just thing. Work. Working, <laughs> hanging out with my one month old little dude. dude. That's wild, man. And, I uh, still can't believe it. Just chiming away at school. But oh, you, man, I, I'm never gonna finish school. <laughs> dude, <laughs> it I'm, feels like it's never ending. I'm so glad I'm done, bro. I can't tell you how glad I am that it's all over. Cause, cause like the other night in youth, when I got to say that I'm never going back to yeah. school again, I was like, yay. Yeah. Well, and yeah, doing youth group. So that was awesome this that week. That was good. We had a great crew. Yes. Finally, got to go over Lazarus. Finally back together. Um, and oh. I brought up the point, and I'm glad that we are, we've been going through John because that's been something that I've been able to talk to him about and mm-hmm. say, like, this is a great book to start in. because and give him you, one. You learn uh, who Jesus is. You learn about his character, his ministry. Um, and I was telling him, like, so, because he, because like I said, he's still hung up on the idea of, like, people with hard hearts and soft hearts and where where God intervenes in that. Yeah. He's like, I've, uh, I've never been told that before. He's like, that that goes against everything I thought I knew. Um, and I was like, well, I mean, t- t- take this for example. There were people in Jesus' day that saw him do these things. Yeah. You know, turning water into wine, heal, healing a blind man. Uh, raising Lazarus from the dead, a man who was who had been dead for four days, literally raising him from the dead, and they're like, "No, no, you're yeah. fake. Let's it's go, a magic. Let's go turn him it's into a the magic Pharisees. trick. Yeah, let's turn this guy in. He's saying he's God. He's loopy, yeah. dude. We got to get rid of this guy." And I'm like, "Tell me yeah. that their hearts are not hard. They're literally watching him perform Re- miracles." And what about like, Pharaoh? No, nah, man. What about Pharaoh? He got hit with like. Ten miracles. A lot of plagues. Eight. Uh, eight. <laughs> like, I can't remember. Something nah, like that. You're, you're nothing, bro. You're yeah. Nothing. And and he what? still didn't. Right. Still didn't like, recognize. Bro. Their heart. Their, God has to intervene in their life for them to be like. Yeah. Right. Yes. Jesus. You are the way, the truth, and the life. So I'm pretty sure if somebody came up to me and said, hey, listen, God told me, you let me go or else I'm going to touch your river and it's going to turn to blood. <laughs> and then it did it. I would I would immediately okay. be like, okay, dude. All right. Y'all need to get out of here right now. Yeah. You're, please, you're free please to go. Please leave. <laughs> Don't ever come back. Please Actually, thank you, you can take the throne if you want. <laughs> yeah, just take it all. Oh, just <laughs> leave me alone. Get out. Um. So, so yeah. Sounds like it's been a pretty good week. Yeah, it's been a good week. I And, and I haven't had really, I guess, the opportunity to share my faith as much mm-hmm. as I have had some deep theological debates or conversations this week so I'm like lie, man. all day all day we talked about the sabbath all That's day awesome. um, i'm jealous of that a couple other things we got to talk about this week i mean i'm lucky to work with some some good brothers that mm-hmm. that we can have healthy debate i think that, right. that misses from a lot of sure. christian camps today we can have healthy debate and i mean it gets it yeah, gets pretty heated but can. but then at the end of the day we're like you know what we're non-conclusive. We'll come back right. tomorrow. <laughs> right. And the key there we is... We still love each other, brothers in Christ, and and exactly. the whole reason we're so passionate is because we're both seeking the truth. Right. And that was... And I made a point to say that because there were several other people in the room when, when I was having the conversation and, and kind of the debate with the the girl who doesn't necessarily see Scripture the way that I do. And I was basically saying, like, the key... Uh, and I was like, after it started to get a little... Not that they were we were fighting or anything, but we were just going back and forth and I was like I just want to just go ahead and say this 
that ultimately at the end of the day, she and I are going to agree on certain key issues and we're not we're not going to disagree on those. I yeah. said these these secondary issues are fun to talk about and debate and seek what the truth the truth of scripture says, but ultimately like, you know, if someone if an unbeliever walks in the room, she and I are going to unite and we're going to share Jesus with her. And whether yeah, for sure. we think that God softens people's hearts or not is not going to change that. I said it's it's important to to be unified in that. Yeah. In those instances. Well, and I we think a lot of we shouldn't divide over issues like that. For sure. A lot of people today are, you know, they say, here's the central issues mm-hmm. that you would say you and her or or all of us, hopefully, mm-hmm. that are Orthodox Christians would agree on. Mm-hmm. The the fact that God is trying, the fact that God has sent the Son mm-hmm. to die um in our place, a substitutionary um atonement for mm-hmm. sin. Yeah, you know, the gospel, the basic yeah. gospel. Um, that we would all agree on those points. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people, they fall into two camps. Either the rest, the the secondary or tertiary issues are foundational and you mm-hmm. have got to agree with them yeah. or else yeah. they're going to d- divide Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. Or there's people that just say they don't matter. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I think there's a middle ground of, of we should all be united in the fight for the gospel mm-hmm. um, as long as we all agree on those key primary issues Mm -hmm. but we should also unite even in discussion and debate to try to settle the secondary and tertiary issues that every single bit of this book is important for us to figure out the truth if and there's a certain bit of it that we're never going to Mm -hmm. there's always going to be disagreements until until we get to heaven we realize the parts where we were wrong Mm -hmm. but to 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 try as a unit even if that involves me and you disagreeing and sitting here Mm -hmm. and having a passionate disagreement we should strive as a unit to figure this thing right. out. Right. And then at the end of the day, if we don't and we come we're to different still conclusions, unified over exactly the key issues and that's not going to we're not going to divide over those secondary ones exactly. and be like, "Well, I just can't be friends with Levi anymore cuz he doesn't believe in X and X doctrine." Exactly. Like that's not that's not something to divide over. And talk about disagreements. That's a perfect segue to what we're going to be talking about today and for the next four weeks after today. Um, so we're going to be going over the solas. So um, what, solo what, mean, what are they? Well, there's five. There's five solas. Sola is is just Latin for alone. So alone. there's sola scriptura, which is what we're going to be talking about today, um, which means scripture alone. Scripture is the sole mm-hmm. authority over the church and Christian life. Um, there's sola gratia which is grace alone. We are saved by grace alone, nothing that we have done, but it's a gift, um, as we talked about last week in the gospel episode. Mm-hmm. Sola fide, which we also talked about in the gospel episode, that we're saved only by faith alone in Christ's substitutionary atonement. Um, then there is sola, what's the fourth one? You said gratia fide. I said gratia fide. Uh, Solus Christus. Solus Christus. Oh, duh, yeah. Christ in Christ alone. alone. <laughs> so that faith that we have is in Christ alone. And soli Deo Gloria. Yep. In all glory to God alone. Alone. So today we're going to actually be diving into, uh, and what these five souls are, if you don't know, is the the five um, primary distinguishers between Protestant Christianity and the Roman Catholic Church. Yep. So these are... Today, what Protestants would stand on and what Protestants stood on when they started in the mm-hmm. 1500s. So um, this is really in, in in the Reformation, 
which me and Hunter love Reformation theology, so mm-hmm. I'm sure this will come up multiple times. <laughs> but um, the in the Reformation, these five solas were not packaged as five solas. This didn't come around until like the 1900s. Right. But these are all foundational teachings mm-hmm. of the Reformation that, yes. that were different from what um, Rome and the Catholic Church had been teaching right. in Christianity in general. So today we're starting at the most foundational one, mm-hmm. Sola Scriptura, that Scripture alone is the inerrant mm-hmm. authority over the Christian life and the Christian church. And ultimately, Scripture is where the following ones come from. Exactly. They didn't just pull this out of the air. Exactly. They pulled it directly from Scripture. So, um, that's again, that's part of the reason why we feel that this is a very foundational one, a very important one to start with. Um, and I would say that the key uh, to saying Scripture alone, the key there is alone, that it's it's ultimately the final authority um, and that, you know, a lot of people read, they read commentaries, they read, you know, other Christian books that are very beneficial for living the, the Christian life and, and can provide, you know, insight and uh, help you understand Scripture even more than you, you perhaps already do. Uh, but ultimately, the the authority that you should be comparing that to, the thing that you should say, well, okay, I've read this book. Here's what this book says. What does Scripture say about what this book says? Is that is Does this line with what Scripture says? The Scripture is your standard, yes. your supreme, ultimate standard. And to look at where that came from, so the, the historic Roman Catholic Church was teaching at the time that um, the the authority over the church and uh, the authority over theology and the Christian life and mm-hmm. just doctrine in general was a mixture of scripture, the pope, or or um, in general the 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 church mm-hmm. and tradition. Right. Um, that that tradition had the authority to mm-hmm. interpret the scripture correctly. Right. That they were the sole the people tasked to interpret mm-hmm. the scripture. They would have sola ecclesia, exactly. the church alone. The church alone has authority to define the Christian life or mm-hmm. Christian theology. Yeah, where we would agree, or or we would say that no, in fact, Scripture has the only authority to to st- structure the church, right? To have authority over the church, even mm-hmm. over the ecclesia, and and I think as you know, just to think that. The church didn't create scripture. Scripture created the church. Right. So I, I think it's so backwards for the church to say, well, we're the only people with the authority to to say what this actually right. means. Mm-hmm. You should be able to read the words of God mm-hmm. and and know what they mean. And the key word there is inerrant, right? So mm-hmm. we believe that this, the Bible is the only inerrant authority. And you said and, and what inerrant would mean that it has no errors. Right. And then infallible mean meaning that it is it's it's impossible for it to to contain errors. Correct. Yes. yes. So so we believe that the scripture is inerrant and it is infallible. There are no errors nope. in the word of God. And, and, like, and it's blatantly obvious that there have been errors in the church. Yes. The the Roman Catholic Church, there have been popes who have blatantly um disregarded the other and, and said something completely contrary. Right, and the, the the Catholics would believe that the Pope has the authority mm-hmm. to say that, and that be equivalent to God's word. Right, but they're not inerrant. Therefore, we, the gospel, the the word of God, is the only inerrant right. source. Humans are of authority, fallible. 
Exactly. We can error. Um, I lost where I was going with that. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, I lost my train of thought. Um, the The doctrine of sola scriptura, and, and the way we're kind of talking about it right now as far as the church is concerned, it doesn't that that doesn't necessarily say that the church isn't important exactly in, yeah. in talking about scripture, um, but you have to you have to look at it through the authority that that God gives this that God gives scripture like it's not like w- what Levi just said it's not however the the church however a, a set group of individuals interprets it and says this is this is what it is and you you can't question that. God yeah. says what this is. Yeah, see, I think it's important. I think if you if you truly believe in Sola Scriptura, I think the church serves a vital role mm-hmm. in that. Even, yeah. you know, some people believe that if you believe in Sola Scriptura, all that means is you believe that everybody should just interpret the Bible however they want to. Right, and they should But that's not the reality. Seek other, no, other what, avenues. Exactly. It should just be you, your Bible, and that's it. No. What we believe is that God's word is inerrant. God's word is inspired mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit, the same yes. Holy Spirit that now dwells in us and yep. gives us the ability to interpret the Scripture. Mm-hmm. But that is done in community, as right. well. That's I think that's why the church is so vital. Is we come together right. and communally mm-hmm. we understand what this means. Mm-hmm. If me and you, if you took your Bible and you go sit under a tree, and I take my Bible and I go sit under a tree, and we read the whole thing front to back. We might come to a couple of different conclusions. Probably would. But together, we would look at the whole context of it mm-hmm. and come to the best conclusion. Right. And I think that's the role that the church serves. It's not to say, Sola Scriptura doesn't say that um, other aspects of the Christian life, so even church history or tradition mm-hmm. or um, the past councils of the church or anything, mm-hmm. that none of that stuff is helpful. That's not what Sola Scriptura is saying. Mm-hmm. It, it would say that those things are helpful, but all those things are subordinate to the Word of God. Right. They're, they're not nearly on the level as the Word right. of God. And they're, they are all to be interpreted by the Word of God. Right. And like what you said, what, what you just said with councils, uh, the rules of faith. So like you could say the Baptist faith and message or uh, the Westminster Confession of Faith, all these different things. Ultimately, they're their authority was scripture and you should compare those things to that you shouldn't say well because the faith the baptist faith and message says no you can you can say you could point to that because maybe it words it in a nice way that conveys the point you're trying to make but ultimately it's going to say this is what the bible says about this issue and that that's the key there is that the authority again is going to scripture which the the catholics would say that no the the council's have the authority to right. tell you what this means. Right. It doesn't necessarily matter what scripture actually says. Correct. But there but the Catholic councils serve a different role than say the confessions would, the historic mm-hmm. confessions of faith. Cuz all they are trying to do is is say this is what we believe the scripture says. Right. So I think that's one point that I want to make and I think a lot of people would disagree with this or or maybe not, but they would it 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 doesn't go with the typical understanding of sola scriptura. I think a true um, hold to Sola Scriptura would drive you to be confessional, Mm. to hold to a confession of faith. Because 
if you believe scripture is inerrant, scripture is the word of God and it should define everything we do, you should seek to want to have the most accurate interpretation of scripture. Mm-hmm. And all confessions are is to say, we believe that this is what scripture says. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't created by just one man that just sat under a tree and read his Bible. It was right. a bunch of people in community that said, this is what we believe. So like recently I've been studying the 1689 London Baptist Confession. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all these men got together and said, we believe this is what Scripture says mm-hmm. about certain topics. Right. So I think we should seek out to be confessional, to say, this is what I believe this says, and that mm-hmm. should define everything in my life, right? It, that's not saying the 1689 says this, so I have got to do this in right. my life. Right. That's not what it means. It right. means I think, I, I like the 1689 because I think that's what Scripture says. Up to what and scripture so says. I, Scripture mm-hmm. Absolutely. drives my life. Right. Um, so I think that's kind of an interesting point to make. But I think that's why confessions are important. And, and mm-hmm. as you say it, the Baptists are conf- a confessional mm-hmm. con- or a confessional denomination as we hold to the Baptist faith and message or right. um, going back all the way to like the 1689 mm-hmm. Baptist Confession of Faith. So I think that's an interesting point. You got something? A uh, point that you just said, I kind of forgot how you phrased it, but you said that that's, that's kind of how we, how we aim to live is basically how whatever whatever we're interpreting from scripture what what we believe scripture to say um, yeah. like like we've said everything that we know comes from scripture and that our worldview comes from scripture so the way that we interpret the world around us the way that we should go about politics and and trying to make you know educated decisions about certain things it it's based on scripture so you know especially it's going on right now with the election cycle i mean yeah. the way that you you look at these these issues and the people that um, are going to be on the on the ballot. You should be comparing the things that they're saying, the things that they stand for, with Scripture, and say which one of these is going to line up the most with what Scripture says. And that's how that's yeah. how we should view and, those. And things. I know some people say, well, if you vote for this candidate, then then you're disregarding Scripture, or mm-hmm. if you vote for this candidate, you disregard. The issue is no candidate for the presidency no. is going to line up with Scripture 100%. No. Unless Jesus himself comes back in the flesh he's like, and runs for president of the I United States. I got this. Okay. There's going to be issues okay, that we'll go that against this. Right. Every time. Yes. And, so even, I, and, and I know the way that I approach it, and, and this is just my opinion. I'm not mm, saying this is how Christians should do it. Sure. But to me, it's what, what policies are they going to put into place, right? Because yes. the, the person is never going to be 100%. There's no. going to be flaws in no. every aired, yes. sinful, fallen yes. creature who runs for president of the yes. United States. There's going to be false yes. things that, that that Christians should you not agree with. perfection. But what are they going to put into law for our country? Right. You're because gonna that's going to be a lot more pervasive than their personality. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know... Donald Trump is not exactly the best moral upstanding citizen. Okay, we all right. agree on that. Everybody, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. However, yeah. I would argue that some of the policies and things probably are going to align more with what scripture says than perhaps a Joe Biden or something of the I sort. I would agree, yes. Um so that's that's the key is in what way is is certain policies going to be most honoring to God and what Scripture says? Yeah. Because that's ultimately, as a Christian, what 
our focus should be. And not, that should define not, everything. Well, well, you know, I just disagree with blah, 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 and I just I, I can't vote anything else. I can't do anything else. It just has to be this. Okay, well, why? Is it yeah. because you? that's just how you feel? That's just what your parents taught you? That's what um, your emotions are telling you? Yeah. You just dis, you, you really hate this person at work who's, who sees it the opposite way you do, and you're just like, I just got to stick it to them. No. What does Scripture say? That should be our, our focus here. Um, and if you really hate alone, that person at work, what does Scripture say? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You should repent of that and, and speak to them lovingly and tell them, Tell them lovingly why they why you think that the they way are wrong. I, the way I like to view soul scripture too is to say, you know, if we view God as being holy, being God is set apart, God is mm-hmm. transcendent, mm-hmm. completely separated from anything we can wrap our mind around. He is holy. Mm-hmm. He is separated. Then if we have a book that is God's words, mm-hmm. his actual words, inspired by him even though it was written by human hands, mm-hmm. inspired by God and the Holy Spirit and kept by God without error. Right. If we believe that this is God's word, should this, should God's word not be set apart mm-hmm. from any other instruction, any other, any other um, driving force or authority in life? It should. If we truly yeah. believe that God is holy and God the is creator transcendent. of the universe. Yeah, God's word. word should be set apart right. and we should look to it for everything i agree i agree um based on the time here mm-hmm. we may take a short break and then come back and maybe dive into a little scripture on this and talk about maybe some some things that people like to try to combat why scripture is maybe not reliable or or certain issues like that so we will be back in be right back Okay, that break took a minute, so now we're back, and I forgot where we were. But to you, it was only like a split second. Instantaneous. Pretty wild, ain't it? Next level technology. It's plot twist. It's actually the next day. No, I'm just kidding. Same day. And we have the same clothes on. Right. Well, we have to keep up the illusion. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta wear the same outfit, right? Um. So where do you want to start? You want to go ahead and dive, and dive into some scripture about yeah, this? Yeah, let's let's as always, we don't want to just make audacious claims right. on the show. Let's uh exactly. let's back it up with scripture. So if we're talking about how scripture is the sole authority and and that it is um good for everything and authoritative and instructional for everything in the Christian life. Let's dive into some scripture. So what you got, honey? I have 2 Timothy uh chapter 3 I'm just going to do, I'm going to do verses 14 to 17 to just finish out the chapter. So it says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, scripture, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I think a key, some of the key points in this, 
is is the where it says in verse 15 uh, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ so I don't remember maybe I was maybe I'm remembering this from the conversation I was having with someone at work but I was talking about the doctrine of natural revelation and then general revelation and how with natural revelation we see evidence of, of the Creator God in the world around us in the design in the ordered creation. So, like, I see it, especially when I, I start learning about, like, our biology, like yeah. the human brain and how we create new life, or how women create, not you and I, how women create new life in the womb and, and then hold it for nine months and then release it into the world and how, how that is just such an amazing picture oh, yeah. of... God's creation, and you have been able to witness that oh, yeah. firsthand. You witnessed that. And I I've, don't know how you can't. Believe. I've even got the little, the second hand of that, and it's just, it's, it's such an amazing picture of of how just amazing God is, and how how everything is so designed, just down to the smallest of detail. Yeah. Um. And the key here is that we have all of that, but through special revelation. So, so through scriptures, through the word, we learn about Christ and our, our, our salvation that we can have through Christ, our reconciliation to God. And I think that's, that's a really important part of this, this passage here. Also to say uh, verse 16, which I would argue is like a very foundational verse for the doctrine of sola scriptura, scripture alone. All scripture is breathed out by God. By God, yeah. Not not humans that it's were like, hey, we're just gonna, God. we're just gonna, we're just gonna come up with this and just create it. No, God did it. He he inspired this word, and he did it through human writers. Yes, but it was straight from God. Um, what scripture you got? So I've got a uh, First Peter, chapter one, verse twenty three, through twenty five. Oh man, and that reads, since you have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flowers of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. The good news of the gospel comes from the word of God. Comes from the, word. the word of God is never failing, mm-hmm. not erring, he he it wouldn't have said the word of the lord remains forever right if you know forever a couple years later we would have a translation and it's just full right. of errors mm-hmm. right god keeps his word just as he inspired it mm-hmm. and uh you know it's it talks about god's word being living and abiding mm-hmm. that 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 is the word through which we're saved and and it as you say it's living it it goes with us it instructs us in everything mm-hmm. that we would encounter in the christian life right and it should be the authority over over that right like for example how we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast we were talking i was talking about some opportunities i've had to witness i mean where where does that information to witness to tell people about jesus come from yeah i, I pull it from scripture yeah right, right here. i may use some and tools. this word is the good news that was preached to you right it was preached to me and then i I'm preaching it to other people. Exactly. And I'm getting that, and the person who gave it to me, Levi and Monica, shout out to them, they get it from 
the word of God. Yeah. That's where it all comes from. And that's where your faith is, is there um, strengthened through the word of God as you realize who God is and who you are and how right. the, the relationship works there. Romans says faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. Right. That is essential to mm-hmm. everything. And, and I think if you if you stand on Sola Scriptura, mm-hmm. that should be per- pervasive. And we can get into some of the uh, um, like the the results or mm-hmm. or effects of Sola Scriptura sure. kind of here in a minute. But I think that should your your worship in mm-hmm. your church. Um, on the Lord's day from top to, or any day that you gather from top to bottom should be riddled with scripture mm-hmm. defined in scripture. I think everything we do in the church should be laid out in scripture. If it's Absolutely. not, then it's in vain. Sure. Yeah. And and I, I think, agree. I think solar scripture should define not only our, the, our Christian life, but mm-hmm. ecclesiastical for the Catholic word or, or, or the fancy word, <laughs> Or ch- everything church life should be instructed in mm-hmm. under the authority of the Word of God. Everything. Absolutely. So, um, you got anything else? Um, I also think it's important that we should mention that um, we are not to add or take away from what is in the Word of God. And exactly. by that, I mean not to say like, well, we just don't we just don't read Matthew. We don't like Matthew. We think there's some things wrong with the book of Matthew. We don't we don't like that book. So we just don't read that one. Or to add your own extra things on top of extra it. things. Which if you want to go back to the foundation of Sola Scriptura, that was the issue. Was the mm-hmm. Catholic Church was adding things to scripture that were Whole not books there. Worth, correct? Well, yeah, but but even more than that, like things that were required. So like one of oh, so sure. going back to Sola Scriptura, it was really Laid the foundation of Sola Scriptura was laid and, and heralded by Martin Luther. Mm-hmm. So in 1517, when he nailed up his 95 theses on the church in Wittenberg, mm-hmm. the main issue he had was were, were some of the things that the Catholic Church had added to Scripture or had added to Christian life. One of right. one of the main ones being indulgences, the mm-hmm. idea that you can pay the the church this much money right. because you know they got to build um, St. Peter's Basilica. So, right. so you pay them, you pay them so much money, and you get time out of purgatory, right? Or you do this, and you get, uh, right. you are awarded a full indulgence, like you crawl up this mm-hmm. sta- these certain stairs on your what knees a, or something like that. What a horrible view of yeah, it's, God it's and horrible. salvation, and just you can even get you can even things. get this. You can even win an indulgence for somebody who's already in purgatory. Oh, you pay them extra money, you might can get your homeboy out that oh. already died. Sweet, so they were just at I mean that's there's nothing in here about that nothing no I don't know how you could come to that I conclusion from the word know. of God there's absolutely nothing about it so they were adding these things to the word of God and Martin Luther had mm-hmm. an issue with that and yes. and some other things too that they weren't were, were maybe taking away or, or diminishing mm-hmm. uh, being you know mainly right. through faith alone or by grace alone mm-hmm. in Christ alone to the glory of God alone, right. which we'll, we'll go over the next we'll four weeks that. and scripture alone. They wanted to add the church authority, the papal authority, mm-hmm. the council authority, the authority of tradition more than they did this. Right. So he, he had issues with that. And that's what laid the foundation for Sola Scriptura was Martin Luther in 1517 and all the way up until 1521. When I think he lays out the best quote, as far as to depict how we should view 
so scripture and and we can kind of talk about that later end of that okay i'm down with that um let's see i was gonna say um oh to to provide a to provide a verse for what we just said uh deuteronomy 4 chapter 4 verse 2 says you shall not add to the word that i command you nor take from it so there's there's the don't add to it don't take from it that you may keep the commandments of the lord your god that i command you so it's very clear that god God has said, "This, this is my word." Yeah, you don't, you don't need anything else. I've given you what you need, so that's ultimately that's that's all that you that you're going to need. Um, and to kind of go back to what I had mentioned earlier about um, the girl who was saying that, like, we can't actually trust the Bible. That you know, it's been written by by man and. It's been translated so many times, and it's so old. It's probably got a lot of errors now. A book, scripture, that's written and inspired by the creator of the universe, the created order, who has put all of this together, I'm I'm fairly certain that he can maintain his word. Yeah. And that it will be complete from... The moment it was written down till the day Christ returns, yeah, there is no error within the Word of God because God is incapable of error. Correct. He's perfect. Yeah. And if to say that this is to say to admit that this is the Word of God, but that it has errors, you are suggesting that God has errored, has made an error. Yeah. Well, see. Is, I, and False. I think it's also important to say that there have been attempts to translate the Word of God and distort it. Sure, there have one hundred percent been attempts, Absolutely. and I think there's, I think it's fair to say there's translations that are less accurate and worse translations than others. Yes, um, not to say God could not use those to speak the gospel. Absolutely. I'm not saying that, but yeah, but I think just as you would check any any kind of book that you read or anything against scripture, I think it's mm-hmm. also interesting to to check some modern translations against the original languages. Because right. let's face it, the English language sucks. It does. It's just I, horrible. I'm not jealous of as far as who moves to this country and tries to learn our language. It, it's just so basic. Like if you look at Greek, there's some words where like the Greek may have four words that translate mm-hmm. into the same English word. So what, right. how do we know exactly what they were trying right. to mean? But, but we can also rest assured that in our English language, mm-hmm. God has given us his word. And through that, we can... The we truth can, of Christ. Yeah, we can... He, he has revealed himself completely to us. Exactly. So to kind of summarize what sola scriptura is and what that means is that scripture alone is our, is our ultimate authority. That's, yeah. that's where we get everything that we know. That's where... Ultimately, where salvation comes from, because it, we we've learned about Christ and His work through Scripture, um, and that you know you can you can read other things, you can read other commentaries, but the way that you view anything as a Christian needs to be viewed through a scriptural lens. You need to walk Correct. around the world with with the Bible in front of you. Like I don't know if you've seen that little picture of the woman who has yes, that little she has Bible, the Bible over as, as a mask, mask for corona. <laughs> yes. She said not today, Satan. That's how we need to be walking around, folks. Maybe not with the mask, but 
Maybe not literally, yeah. but we should have it as glasses. Exactly. That is how we need to be walking. Our around. biblical worldview should shape everything. Absolutely. So every aspect of our life. And, and just to conclude, I think, and this may be a cheesy way to to <laughs> sum it up, but no. I think the effect of sola scriptura is to reaffirm and continue to to institute the word protest in Protestant. Mm. So that's where it comes from, right? To mm. where that's where if nobody knew that, that's where the word Protestant, like our Whoa. you know Baptists, Methodists, all the Protestant denomination, come from the fact that they protested the Catholic mm-hmm. Church back in right. the Reformation. And I think it is important that just as the ref- the reformers and and Martin Luther and the like um, mm-hmm. stood on sola scriptura to protest issues of their time that were counter to scripture, whether it be indulgences or a drast giant list of things. But we should continue to do so today. We should stand on sola scriptura, Mm -hmm. stand on the word of God and protest against things that are counter to the word of God today. And for us, that's, that's being able to stand on the word of God and faithfully address the issues of sexuality or faithfully address the issues of gender Absolutely. or faithfully address the issues of marriage in, abortion. anything abortion anything. anything we should stand on the word of god stand on sola scriptura and its sole authority over our life right. to protest issues that are anti-god yes. in our culture today just as the reformers right. did in, in uh and when the someone 1500s. and when someone asks you why do you believe that because god says because god said it because God said I think it. a lot of people, so like, I know, I know me and you can get a little passionate about some things. <laughs> and it's because no. they're in the word of God. And we, we fight for those things. Right. We, we protest things that are anti-God, yes. as we should. And I think mm-hmm. that's the implications of, of standing on Sola Scriptura. Absolutely. But, um, you know, you often hear people say, well, it's not our job to judge people or to say stuff to people. We're just supposed right. to love them. And we are supposed to love them. Absolutely. But, but Please check your definition of love and make sure it's biblical, because biblical love it stands in truth. Absolutely. Um, Jesus didn't walk up to the Pharisees and just say, "You know, I just love it's you guys. Cool, You're guys. awesome. You guys rock. Keep You're doing awesome. you." No, he preached how to them went. the gospel, the truth, exposed to them their sin, didn't, and that was their that was love. Didn't they want to kill him? They did. They hated right. him. Yeah, I think I remember but, reading that. Somewhere. But I, I've. Just, I, I 100% believe if you stand on Sola Scriptura, if you believe that Scripture is the inerrant, um, inspired Word of God, Mm -hmm. if God says it, and it's pretty clear, as a Christian who follows the Word of God Mm -hmm. and who lets it have authority over every aspect of my life, I shouldn't be afraid to speak just as clearly to that same issue. Nope. I shouldn't be. Nope. Because at that point, you're compromising what? God has told you. Yes. And that's and that should go on any issue. To say yes. God 100% has an I- issue with abortion. God 100% has an issue with homosexuality. Yep. God 100% has an, an issue with um sexual promiscuity if you're a heterosexual. Mm-hmm. God 100% has an issue with racism. He has an issue you with lying. You should look lying. to yeah, it doesn't. It I doesn't mean, have to many, be these huge, big. Correct. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It's from the bottom to the top. But the right, but these who these huge the big issues are the ones people are typically afraid to yes, say. Right. 
God has We don't want to hurt no feelings. Exactly. If God says it, and it's clear, as people who stand under the authority of Scripture, we should be able and be willing and be courageous to say it just as clearly. Absolutely. And I think this sums up. This is my favorite quote about Sola Scriptura. It's a great way to end. So, um, as we talked about in 1517, Martin Luther, on October 31st, Oh, no. Camera just died. Oh, no. Oh, no. Rip. Okay, guys, sorry about that. Our camera has died, <laughs> but we're going to continue um, in audio form and, and wrap this up. Yeah, <laughs> we're still figuring this out. But but I just want to end you with this. So um, as we talked about in 1517, Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses on the door of Witten, the Wittenberg Cathedral. Which started off the Reformation, right? And and Martin Luther's original intentions weren't to separate and create a whole new church. He wanted to reform the Catholic Church, right? Um, but be faithful to the word, exactly. But they said, you know what? It's if you like scripture, we, we want to kill you. Yeah, so we they, don't like. It. Yeah, <laughs> they, so they they excommunicate from the Catholic Church, wanted to kill him, did all this stuff. Well, fast forward four years later, fifteen twenty one, in Worms. Right. There's the Diet of Worms. So all these people, Catholic Church, the authority of the Catholic Church, come together, convene to put Martin Luther, Luther on trial. Mm-hmm. So they bring him forth. They set all of his books that go against what the papacy teaches and uh, against everything that the Catholic Church teaches. Mm-hmm. They set all his books in a big pile on a table, and they want him to recant of them. Right. To deny that they were his books and apologize so that way he's not excommunicated and pretty much murdered, burned at the stake. Mm-hmm. So he goes in, they ask him to recant, and Martin Luther actually asks for 24 hours to pray and deliberate. He does not answer them. So they grant him that. He goes back to his room and he prays. And, and I would imagine that was a pretty pretty strenuous and um, heartfelt prayer mm-hmm. session. He comes back in the next day. At 4 p.m., fired up. So God (laughs) obviously worked on him. He's full of the Spirit. He comes in, walking in. They set his books on the table. They say, recant of these, or basically you're going to be excommunicated and killed. And this is how he responds. Unless I am convinced by the testimony of the Scriptures or by clear reason, for I do not trust either in the Pope or in councils alone, since it is well known that they have often erred and contradicted themselves. I am bound by the scriptures I have quoted, and my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything, since it is neither safe nor right to go against conscience. I cannot do otherwise. Here I stand. May God help me. Amen. So Martin Luther embodied a man who stands on the word of God. Um, and, And he says, I'm bound to the scriptures, and my conscience is captive to the word of God. As Christians, we should all strive to have that same fervor, that same emphasis on mm-hmm. the God, the word of God and and not be able to by our conscience go against it. Right. We should strive for that. So I think that perfectly embodies um sola scriptura and and that was when Luther finally made the stand and said, you know, this is where I'm here here I stand and, mm-hmm. and Luther's famous biography is called Here I Stand and um, it, it's pretty good. So, but, <laughs> but that defined Martin Luther, and and he mm-hmm. got even even more 
convictional and, and fired up. I think later he published a book called Against the Papacy in Rome Founded by the Devil. Oh man. <laughs> so he got he got pretty uh <laughs> pretty fired up, but I think that perfectly embodies what we're talking about here, that we should stand on the word of God mm-hmm. against all other institutions, human, um or structural anything. Right. That should it should have the sole inerrant authority over the Christian life and the Christian church. Absolutely. Okay, well we'll be back next week to talk about Sola Fide. Perfect. So that's what we'll talk about next week. Join us next week. I encourage you to uh, check it out. Do some research on the solos yourself. Um, I'm going to go ahead and apologize because I told you guys I was going to have a blog post of resources last week. And I'm trying to figure out the rocket science that is creating a website. So that has not been done, but hopefully it will be done soon. And we'll have a list of resources for last week, The what is the gospel. And we'll have a list of resources for this week. Mm-hmm. One I can go ahead and encourage you to pick up is a book called Sola. How the Five Souls Are Still Reforming the Church, written by Jason K. Allen, who is the president of um, Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Mm-hmm. Good book, lays them all out, gives you the history of the souls, how they apply today, Pretty and even book. some pastoral advice as far as how to implement them today. Um, good book. I'm sure Hunter has a few, too. You got any off the top of your head? If not, not that's fine. Not off the top of my okay. head. Okay, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll try to compile a list of resources. Um, don't forget, follow us. Subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on um, Spotify, subscribe mm-hmm. on Apple Podcasts, or where I said that weird, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yep. Also, um, check out the website. Stay tuned; it should be on there soon. We'll let you know. Follow us on Twitter, Average Joe Theo. Follow us on Facebook group, Average Joe Theology. Where'd I go? So we're going places. Folks. We're going places, <laughs> slowly but surely. So check it out. We love you guys. We'll be back next week with another episode.